What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets podcast. back with another episode today uh obviously it's a lot of stuff going on in the nba a lot of stuff going on in the world of the brooklyn nets but before we get into all that make sure you guys subscribe to the hoop ball nets podcast on apple podcast download on spotify share with your friends family all that amazing stuff uh leave that five star rating and review all reviews will get right on the pod follow us on twitter at hoop ball nets Follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore and Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. Is that correct? Yes. Boom. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, just what we've been doing this past week. Uh, Hunter was actually on the Hoop Ball Celtics pod. Talk about the Celtics. So if you want to go check that out, go ahead, type little Hoop Ball Celtics into the Apple Podcast app or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and check out that episode. Uh, and then obviously I have my own podcast, the Run It Up podcast on Apple Podcasts. And I just said podcast like five times. But everywhere you listen to them, you can type in Run It Up podcast and check me out as well. So uh, yeah, getting all that out the way. Uh, we're going to start out by talking about the trade deadline and kind of just going over the most important deals. Talk about if we think that those deals move the needle for certain teams and, uh, how the, the trade deadline might relate to the nets if, if it applies. But, uh, before we do get into that, we got to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to our guys over at mybookie.ag. Um, you guys know the deal. Ever since Hunter and I started this podcast, people have been asking us for betting tips. We always get asked, who do you have? Lakers or Clippers? Nets or Bucks? Uh, Suns or Warriors? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed me to to give me the best lines for every single game, every single night. You know us, and you know that we don't give out our stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. So you're basically getting free money right there, and everybody loves that. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. NBA trade deadline. Uh, so I've got pretty much the the eight most important trades right here because obviously I think there were seventeen deals on trade deadline day, and some of them obviously didn't really do much for 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 teams that aren't really contending. So I've got the eight most important ones here, and uh, we can just start going going over them. So the I, seven. I want to ask you, is like from personal experience, is this a top three trade deadline for you? I saw that there was a stat that was like this this trade deadline has like the most movement of any deadline ever but it, it was exciting just because like the the whole Kyle Lowry thing really kept me on the edge of my seat cuz I didn't know if he was going to get traded or not but in terms of just like big moves uh I feel like there's been more exciting trade deadlines what about you 
Yeah, I mean, most of the people who were expected to be moved got moved. For once, it wasn't like a whole bunch of rumors that fell through and it's this one almost had him. He almost had him. The price was too high. Like a lot of the stuff actually got done and like it was said the day before when someone was going to stay. Like We knew John Collins wasn't moving on deadline day after the months of, oh, maybe he could be moved. Like they made it clear. But a lot of teams made it clear who was getting moved on the deadline day. Yeah, no, it was it was a, a lot. The only person that didn't get moved that was predicted to be moved was Lowry. Everyone else, for the most part, got moved or bought and, and out. His, or this was like a last minute, like, like oh, Lowry's gonna get moved. It came out of nowhere. Like no one had expected that for most of the season, and then the the asking price for him was was far too high for somebody that is one that old and two is going to have to get re-signed. The, the price was just not reasonable. And so, yeah, we'll we'll get into kind of our thoughts on the, the whole Kyle Lowry saga. But um, the, the, the 76ers actually did make a move. They were in the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes uh, until they, they backed out. They were the, the first team to back out of the three that were involved. They, they just cut their losses and were like, listen, we're not doing it. I think the, the, the Raptors from them wanted two first-round picks, uh, Matisse Thybul and Tyrese Maxey, and they were like, yeah, we're not not going for that one. So we're just going to back out and go get George Hill. So the 76ers acquired George Hill. Uh, they the, It was a three-team deal. The Thunder got Tony Bradley, Austin Rivers, and two second-round picks, and the Knicks got Terrence Ferguson, Vincent Poirier, and a second-round pick. Uh, so, yeah. The, the the only thing that really moves the needle here is uh the 76ers getting the point guard a point guard that they they wanted obviously they had been going for Kyle Lowry but they settled for George Hill do you think George Hill helps them or or makes them a scarier team when it comes to playoff time um no 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 <laughs> i um honestly i'm more scared of the players that they already had in Seth Curry, Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz so I personally don't think George Hill – yeah, he has experience, but I just don't find him scary. Like, if there's someone I want attacking with the ball on that team, it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I, for me, uh, does George Hill – I don't think he really – I don't think that that he makes him scary, but I definitely think he he fills a need for them. Obviously, he's an amazing three point shooter. He led the league in three point percentage last year. I think he's shooting. 39% if not 40% from three this year and uh yeah he g- gives them another shooter one at the point guard position and uh you know just surround Ben Simmons with shooters and that's kind of what you want to do with the player of that caliber and a player that plays like Ben Simmons so um yeah I don't I don't think that they're of any threat to the Nets though like George Hill doesn't make me feel like oh yeah that was a piece they needed to 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 overtake the Nets um uh, another deal, one that doesn't have to do with the Eastern Conference, actually. The Mavs got J.J. Redick. Uh, I thought he was going to get bought out. I truly believed that he was going to get bought out and he was going to come sign with the Brooklyn Nets. But out of nowhere, the, the, the Mavericks decided to swoop in and trade James Johnson and Wes in Iwundu and a second-round pick uh, for J.J. Redick and Nicolo Melli. So surround Luka with the shooter. 
even though JJ Redick isn't uh, shooting as well as he has been, uh, like in other in previous years, he's still a knockdown shooter. You know what the man is going to provide for your team. Defenses are still going to guard him the same. So you know he he still provides that. And uh, do did you want the Nets to get JJ Redick? I feel like he would have helped us out honestly. I mean, in in reality, JJ Redick is maybe a slightly better Landry Shamit when he's on his game at this point in his career. Um, I, I don't think it was necessary to get him, but but sure they could have used him. I mean, I, I just I don't think the Nets can afford another rotation player at this point. That's my opinion. I think when everyone's healthy with what they have right now, they are maxed at people they will be able to play come playoff time. Yeah, and that's another thing we want to get into later when we talk about the whole Lamarcus Aldridge sign, and we want to talk about the Nets rotation, the how deep they actually are. And uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that JJ Redick is a, a it improved Landry Shaman, and not even by that much. I don't think it was a huge loss for us to not get him, especially since you know we got someone else. Um, the Blazers, another Western Conference team, they landed Norman Powell in exchange for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Now, when this deal first went down, I was like, damn, that's kind of a steal for them. But I still think the Blazers made out well just for what they're trying to accomplish. You know, they're going for it all. They have Dame, they have CJ, they have Melo, uh, they have Yusuf Nurchik. Like, they're, they're trying to win now. And uh, Gary Trent is 22, Norman Powell's 27. There's still a lot, a lot of development that has to happen with Gary Trent. And uh, the Trailblazers aren't really looking to have a, a building project with him. They needed a polished scorer who can get a bucket at all three levels. And that's what they got in Norman Powell. They did have to give up Gary Trent in order to get that. But I feel like it worked out for both teams. The Raptors, uh, they got a nice little piece that they can uh continue to like add to their rebuild and uh like I said the Blazers got Norman Powell. What do you think about this trade, Hunter? Personally, I'm a huge Gary Trent fan. So when it first happened, I thought that the Raptors won the deal. Norman Powell may be slightly the best player in the deal, but Trent's a knockdown shooter and Rodney Hood is not he's not nothing. He's a good bench scorer. So Trent and Hood take some pressure off of the Raptors bench that was pretty thin. And I think it works out for both teams because the Blazers really needed more of a punch rather than the depth. No, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I think, like I said, I feel like the, the Blazers got what they were looking for and the Raptors got a nice little piece in return. So uh another move playoff rondo rajon rondo uh joined the los angeles clippers he joined Kawhi leonard he joined paul george uh the clippers got rajon rondo in exchange for lou will two second round picks and some cash uh they traded with the hawks um i i feel like it was a lot i feel like they're very much so banking on uh playoff rondo and I had seen that they said that, you know, Rondo was the third best player for the Clippers. I mean, for the Lakers last season, or at least in the bubble, in the finals. And uh, I don't think that was true. I think KCP was the Lakers' third best player. Rondo is definitely our fourth best player, though. But um, regardless, I think they're banking on playoff Rondo. 
And he's proven that that's actually a real thing, but he's a year older, and I just don't know if it was worth giving up Lou Will, who's having a down year. But Lou Will, along with two second-round picks, another team in the Clippers that's going for it all this season, and has proven to be one of the best teams in the league. Like it's They're obviously in a win-now mindset, and so they felt like what they needed to do was surround Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard with a true point guard that can get them the ball and put them in position to succeed when it comes to uh, the scoring end and they picked up Rondo do I think it's gonna move the needle for them I don't but I mean I still that, that, um, that that's still to be seen I, I don't think so either I mean do you think it's even possible for them to work with Beverly Jackson and Rondo all on the same team like the all the three of them only play point guard none of them are tall and I don't I don't think that can really work at all like it it seems like the construction of the team is just a little off overall no I'm I'm with you I feel like and Reggie Jackson's gonna play like just a couple couple of games ago against the Spurs he was their leading scorer in, in that game and and so I feel like the, and they're not gonna take out Pat Beth because he's literally a part of their culture so I don't know how uh how Tyron Lewis is gonna get that get that those three guards to work because you're not putting all three of them on the court at the same time. You might not even want to put two of them on the court at the same time. So, I mean, it's yet to be seen, but they needed, they wanted at least a pure point guard. And obviously Rajon Rondo gives you that. I mean, it's, it's a good problem though, because on top of PG and Kawhi, they also have Batum, Kennard, Ibaka and Marcus Morris. So they have, they have a pretty good wealth of talent. They're a solid nine deep. It's just how he wants to formulate the rotation. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't think Rondo has made his debut yet. So, uh, I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing how what he can provide for this uh, this Clippers team. Another move uh, from the trade deadline. Back to the East. One of probably the most ex- like unpredictable, like unpredictable, unpredicted isn't even a word. I don't think unpredictable moves. Like I definitely didn't see this one coming. I didn't hear much about this when it comes to like pre deadline rumors. Uh, Nikola Vucevic got traded to the Chicago Bulls in exchange so, for Wendell with, Carter, with, Otto Porter, and two firsts. All right. Yeah. So with that one, I did hear about Vucevic like way before that teams were throwing offers. I didn't think the Magic were going to have a fire sale, though. That's the a part of it. A literal fire sale. I, I did think it was possible he got moved. The Bulls is the part that came out of nowhere. I, I thought it was going to be more of a, a contending team. But I, I wasn't shocked by it, other than the fact that it was the Bulls. It was more that the Magic just hit full rebuild mode. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think they were gonna just sell like that. Like I thought, like just all at the same time, they were like I didn't think all at the same time they were just gonna say, you know what, screw it, we're going. Like it's rebuild time here in Orlando again, and uh, that's really what they did. The only person they really kept was Terrence Ross. But I mean, they, and, and I honestly think that's because they spent so much time getting rid of Fournier and Vucevic that they just didn't have time to find a partner for Ross. No, I, I'm, if we're I'm with you. I'm with you. And but at least they they did get two first back for Vooch. They got uh, Otto Porter Jr. who 
Some people think it's going to get bought out, but it doesn't look like it. And they got a nice young little center in Wendell Carter Jr. He's still only 21 years old. So uh, the, the, now they have a nice little young core. They have Cole Anthony. Uh, they have Jonathan Isaac when he gets back, Wendell Carter Jr., on, uh, obviously. And uh, they're going to get a good pick in this year's draft, so we'll see what happens. Maybe they could end up and, with the first pick, get Kay Cunningham. Who knows? And um, the another thing I was I was thinking, oh, like, yeah, they had a fire sale, but what was their purpose of giving Fournier away for two seconds to us? I, that I don't understand. The, the Celtics get Fournier for two seconds. That's the next Magic deal. And and Jeff Teague was in the deal. And Teague wound up getting waived, and then he signed with the Bucks. Um, I'm not really sure why the Magic were so willing to do that. I mean, I guess it's because Fournier was going to walk in the offseason, so they might as well get something for him. But I'm, I'm surprised they weren't able to get a better offer. Yeah. No, I think Fournier was one of the steals of the of the deadline. I think Fournier and Oladipo were the two the two steals of the, of the deadline. Um, and when you look at it, like the fact that did did the Magic end up getting a not the Magic did the uh, the Rockets? How many firsts did they end up getting for James Harden? See, I, I saw something about the full details, and I feel like uh, it wasn't that many. <laughs> like, yeah. like. The Magic got two first-round picks for Nikola Vucevic, and Harden's one of the five best players in the league, and I don't think the, the Magic low-key might have made out better. See, and um, the Rockets GM like even just said, 100%, I would do that again if 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 I yeah, was That's why of... he needs to be released of his duties ASAP. See, I, of course he's going to say that because he's the one who did the deal. But I don't know how you can. They they got nothing for him, essentially, other than the picks. Because they got Kuruks, gone. Oladipo, gone. Karis LeVert, gone. Jared Allen, gone. And what they got back is really uh, nothing. So, yeah, I'm looking at it now. So, they got four first-round picks, five first-round swaps, uh, 20 games of Victor Oladipo, <laughs> Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, Dante Exum, and Rodion's Kuroks. <laughs> so they got four first-round picks and five first-round swaps. So, I mean, they, they made out pretty well, but I feel like they definitely could have done better. Didn't Kuroks get traded to the Bucks in the P.J. Tucker deal? Yep, so they didn't even get him. They later traded him for D.J. Wilson, D.J. Augustine, and picks. So, I mean... <sighs> so, so they got four four extra picks and then five better picks of the round whatever so, round I mean it's a first round but whatever year it is which could wind up being beneficial down the line I just feel like they still got fleeced I'm sorry like even for, for a especially when he's about well, to be the MVP it. like think about it I don't know exactly what the years are I don't know if you have it there but if the swap is 2025 even, there's a good shot the Nets could be a, a high pick in the draft, a very high pick in the draft, because that will be that will be post-Big 3 unless they all sign cheaper extensions. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens when when that time does come. That was one of the, the big things when it came to the Nets for Harden deal. Like, will the Nets be good? Will those picks actually end up converting into good picks when when the time comes? But I, I guess we'll see. I just still feel like they got fleeced. I'm sorry. Like, Harden's about to be MVP. Like, it's just it's a very tough situation for them. Um uh, we we kind of just touched on it, but uh, the Celtics traded for Evan Fournier. They traded Teague in two second round picks. Teague was later waived. He then signed with the Bucks. So they basically traded Jeff D. I mean, they basically traded Evan Fournier for two second round picks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then Jeff Teague signed with Milwaukee. Exactly. So uh, it was a it was a steal for the Celtics. Very easy to see. Uh, I'm shocked that the Magic let him go for for that mu- for for that little. Uh, he was averaging a career high 19.7 on 39% three point shooting. Uh, they the Celtics they were in between Eric uh, Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, but uh, the Magic wanted two first round picks and or Marcus Smart from the Celtics, and Danny Ainge was like, nope, not doing that one. So he went ahead and pulled the trigger on Evan Fournier, which I, I feel like is definitely going to help the Celtics give them some more scoring power behind Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, Evan Fournier just so happens to go over in his first game, but he'll be better. Better days are ahead for Evan Fournier. And uh, I, I don't think it makes them, the Celtics, more of a contender than they were before. Like, I don't think it really pushes the needle for them either, but uh, they, they obviously got better. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, I don't think it makes them like a winning the East contender, but I do believe that they're in much better shape for the second half of the season to secure a playoff spot and maybe get past the first, even possibly second round, depending on who they match up with. Yeah, I mean, that that I, I guess we have to wait and see. But no, I definitely feel like the Celtics improved as a team this deadline. Uh, we also just kind of touched on this. The Heat got Victor Oladipo for a bag of chips in an Arizona. Uh, they acquired Victor Oladipo for Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap. So the Rockets literally traded him for. They didn't even gain a pick for Victor Oladipo. Not even a second. Like they just traded it for Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. Simple. And they just swapped picks. Like that's a absolute steal for the Heat. Uh, Victor Oladipo had, probably wasn't resigning with the Rockets anyway, so they just took what they can get, but come on now. <laughs> like, there had to be something you could do to get a little bit more for Victor Oladipo, but uh, all signs pointed to him signing with Miami anyway, so I guess the Rockets just figured, here, take take your guy. Take your guy and see what you can do with him. Um, do you feel like this move made the Heat more of, a, of probably the, the, the Nets' biggest contender in the East or not? Um. No, I think they're t- they're the second. I think they're the second. As long as as long as Embiid is there and the Nets don't have uh, an elite center, the Sixers are the biggest issue for them. Yeah. Um. What this kind of brings me. So there, there, there is a reality in which. Pat Riley ended up getting the Heat, Kyle Lowry, and Victor Oladipo because he got Victor Oladipo for basically nothing that he was offering the Raptors for Kyle Lowry, which is insane. Like, they could have ended the trade deadline with a lineup of Kyle Lowry. Uh, Let's just say they didn't take Tyler Hero, but Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. Oh, well, Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler. um, Who's there for? 
I have no clue who their four is. And then uh, obviously Bam Adebayo with Tyler Hero off the bench. Like that's crazy. But they, they a lot of times run Jimmy at the four and start Duncan. So there you go. They just throw Tyler Hero into the starting two and then move Jimmy down there. That's I would much assume that Tyler Hero is gone. You th- if that's the case. They maybe keep Duncan, but Hero is long gone if they got Lowry. Well, I was hearing that they wanted both of them. But I'm saying like in the scenario that that he just he doesn't give away Hero and they take the Duncan deal, like they absolutely run away with, with the trade deadline. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I just I, I don't think that was possible, especially once they got Oladipo. There, there's no shot that the Raptors were going to let them do that while keeping Hero. Would you have given up Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry? Um, I mean, no, because the Nets are there. That so, that's what that's likely what a lot of them are are thinking about. The Nets are there, so why give away your your future asset who will hit his prime when the big three is done? When when you're not gonna win with a an old Lowry right now who wants a big extension, yeah that that's kind of it was between the Heat and the Lakers for uh, for Kyle Lowry they wanted THT Taylor Horton Tucker from the Lakers and they wanted Tyler Hero from the Heat neither team budged and uh, the Raptors ended up keeping Kyle Lowry to see what what they could do for him, with him in the offseason maybe sign and trade we will see. But uh, I'm sure Kyle Lowry will work with them to make sure they get something back in return. So I, I'm I'm predicting they're just going to end up doing a sign and trade. But uh, yeah, we we will see. And then uh, probably the biggest move I guess was uh, Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets in exchange for Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a future first. So another uh, move for the Magic to to sell. Um, yeah, the, the Nuggets acquired Aaron Gordon. He played his first game in, in Denver, I believe. He might have played a second already, too, but he definitely has played for the Nuggets. They won that game. He looks good in a, in a Nuggets uniform. Um, and I definitely think it made the, the Nuggets better. They're definitely a contender in the West. They already were with an MVP candidate in Nikola Jokic, but uh, even more now. Uh, the Magic were trying to run uh, Aaron Gordon as like this pick-and-roll ball handler when in all reality, he can do that. That is in, in his skill set. But, you know, I feel like they were just kind of throwing stuff against the wall and see what stuck with Aaron Gordon. Now, he doesn't have to be the first option. He doesn't have to be the second option. He might not even be the third option because Michael Porter likes to shoot that thing. So Aaron Porter as Aaron Porter, uh, Aaron Gordon as your, your fourth option on a team is uh one of the best fourth do, options you can have. Do you think the Nuggets can, like, really contend to win the West? I do. I I do think that they are contenders. I mean, I feel like they what what they were kind of missing was Jeremy Grant, and now they kind of have that Jeremy Grant kind of player in Aaron Gordon who can slash just as well, if not better than Jeremy Grant, and he can shoot obviously not as well, but he can still shoot the ball. Like teams are gonna have to guard him from three, and like I said, he's not gonna be asked to do that much. Like just <laughs> let Jokic get you the ball, get to the basket, stand in the low post, like do your thing, and. uh yeah, I definitely feel like it made them better, and it, it added to their ability to contend in the West. Do I think they're favorites? By all means, not at all. But uh, I, I don't I don't think it made them worse in any way, and I definitely think they got better. Do you think if they match up with the Jazz that they can wind up upsetting them in a series? A hundred percent. One hundred percent, I think they could beat the Jazz. I, I don't even think the Jazz are the—let me be very careful about what I'm about to say. 
let me let me let me look something up very quickly before before I say something that I regret. Um, I the, keep in mind I said I don't even think that the Jazz. I don't even think the Jazz are the third a top three team in the West. Uh, I don't think they're a top four team, honestly. Yeah, I don't think they're a top four team. I think the Lakers are better. I think the Nuggets are better. I think the Clippers are better. And I think the Suns are better, honestly. So that's just that's just how that goes. I think the Jazz are probably the fifth best team in the West, even though they're the one seed. Well, I'll inform you that that's wrong. Even even <laughs> if you haven't, that's wrong. Um, you can maybe argue that they're fourth. Maybe, maybe. They're, they're actually first right now until the season ends. It's a different game once the playoffs come. But right now, they're one. They have the best record. They're one. You can't say they're not. They, they just are. They are. But they they are very prone to being upset. And uh, it very much could happen. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm sleeping on the Jazz. I'm gonna be. I'm a Jazz hater. I guess. I just. I don't believe. I don't believe in Utah. Um. And yeah. That's that's kind of our 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 opinion on the trade deadline. We don't think that many teams got. Obviously, teams got better, but I don't think any team made a move that that makes me uh fear for the Nets' ability to make the NBA Finals, especially not in the East. So um. Yeah, that's that's our, our our chat about the deadline. Before we get into uh the buyout market, uh let me give a nice little shout out to our guys over at Manscaped, the one and only manscaped.com. Uh the NFL draft season is upon us people. I think it's like 30 days till the draft. Uh it's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you gamble on football. For all of my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code, which is HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. Hunter, I need to ask you a question, bro. I need to ask you a very personal, lovely, specific question. You need to let me know. When is the last time, bro? When is the last time that you shaved your balls? Oh, let me think. <laughs> I I think maybe 2012 on November 17th. Wow, that's a long yeah. time, buddy. You know, but I like probably like 2 weeks ago. Damn. Even that, even that's a little long, buddy. So let me tell uh-huh. you what I've got for you. Have yeah, you, ever, you do daily? daily. Have you ever heard of the Lawnmower 3.0 Hunter? Have you ever heard of it? Yes, I own one. So do I. So do I, and I love it. So let me finish talking to the people. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Do you think the Falcons are going to go D back in the first round? I'm not sure, but I am sure that with the Lawnmower 3.0, you can get your D back. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, that's a bar. The D back, that's fire. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls i want you to look in the mirror do you see any nose or ear hairs dangling look fellas we got stats 79 percent of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff 
the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer is your solution. Why not use the best tools for the job here? Their performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your ball sticking to your leg or smelling like eggs. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It is made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your testes a boost for a limited time only. Subscribers get not one but two free gifts the shed travel bag which is typically $39 and the patented high performance anti-chafing boxer briefs get 20% off plus free shipping with code hoopball20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code hoopball20 it's time you turn that team and your pants around with manscaped and with that the net sign lamarcus aldridge Feels like he came out of nowhere because I thought he was going to get traded, but no, he got bought out by the Spurs and he signed with LaMarcus Aldridge. KD was recruiting him. KD's been doing a lot of recruiting lately, but Hunter, let me know. What are your thoughts on LaMarcus Aldridge being a Brooklyn Net? Mm, I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. I mean, not that Aldridge by any means is the same all-star player he was, but it's just at this point, it's the same thing that was happening with the Warriors. Players see a team that's going to win. They want a ring to boost their legacy, so they go there. It is what it is. I'm hearing he's going to get minutes at center. I don't think that's going to work too well. He He's really not an elite defensive center by any means. But... It's not a bad pickup. He's better than their end of bench, end of rotation guys. So. Yeah, no, I think uh, – so I think uh, it actually does a lot for them in terms of roster management at least. Uh, it's going to take away time from some center between DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton. LaMarcus Aldridge is probably going to end up starting and playing significant minutes. Nick Claxton throughout the past seven games – has been outplaying DeAndre Jordan in minutes. DeAndre Jordan's averaging 17.9, and Nick Claxton is averaging 22.4. So I feel like if one of them has to get pushed out of the rotation or have their minutes severely decreased, it's going to end up being DeAndre Jordan, which I'm fine with. And I feel like we need to normalize. Whenever these national media outlets tweet out or, or post on Instagram, look at the Nets roster, it's always like our, our top five, and then they always mention DeAndre Jordan. And at no point during this season has DeAndre Jordan played better than Nick Claxton. Nicholas Claxton has been the Nets' best center the entire season. So for all of these media outlets that mention DeAndre Jordan as part of their best roster uh, lineup, switch that with Nick Claxton. So DeAndre Jordan is probably going to head to the bench and have his playing time decreased. Uh, it, LaMarcus Aldridge is definitely going to help when it comes to spacing the floor for KD, Kyrie, uh, James Harden, who is probably going to be the MVP. Like you can, they legitimately have a five out lineup if you run uh, Kyrie, Harden, KD, LaMarcus, Blake, or Blake LaMarcus. And uh, yeah, all those people should be able to shoot. All five of them should be able to shoot. Uh, I'm obviously a little bit worried about Blake, but you know, he's shown his ability to shoot in the past. So hopefully he gets that back. 
And, uh, yeah, obviously he's going to provide a lot on the offensive end. The defensive end, obviously, is to be uh, a little bit desired when it comes to LaMarcus Aldridge. But uh, the Nets won't be able to play defense, but teams won't be able to defend the Nets as well. So they're going to have a hard time either way. The, the one thing that I know a lot of people want to see, and uh, I'm sure you want to see as well, is the lineup that has Harden, Kyrie, KD, Blake, and LaMarcus. That's the lineup everyone wants to see at some point. And I'm sure that's going to be a lineup that's used pretty heavily. That's probably their five best players. I, I mean, it might be Nets fans will beg to differ with the love for Nicholas Claxton. And Not Joe Harris. And Joe Harris. Him, but but I, I don't think he's better than them yet. So what do you think a playoff rotation looks like for the Nets? Um, I would say the starting lineup. Should be, should be, Harden, Kyrie, Harris, KD, and I'm going to say LaMarcus. And And then then off the bench, my, I'm going to assume Dinwiddie is not healthy for this. I was going to say, assume he is healthy, but we can assume he's not healthy. Because it's more likely that he's not. It was a torn ACL. It's more likely he's not. I'll say Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Nick Claxton, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin. So it's 10. Now, the only problem with that is that means there's three centers. And is it possible to have Aldridge, Claxton, and Jordan all get minutes? I guess. But if it was up to me, Jordan wouldn't play any minutes. But this is my prediction, so I assume that they're all going to play. Mm-hmm. because I, I don't think when it comes down to it that DeAndre Jordan should play any minutes in the playoffs. He he hasn't been good. No, I don't I don't think so either. I feel like especially when it comes to matchups, like he'll get played off the court. Like I, I don't think that they'll have a an, an option when it comes to whether or not he gets to play or not. Um, I think that Nick Claxton is a better defender and LaMarcus Aldridge is better on offense. So you got your two. Like if you need a center out there for defense. And, and, uh, the question mark for me, is whether Landry Shamit gets minutes or not. And if Jordan is booted out of that rotation, the the 10th spot remains open. And I think Shamit has a shot at that, being that the guard depth is pretty thin and the bench shooting isn't really there. So I do believe that Shamit could see some run as well. Yeah, no, I, I think that the Nets obviously have 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 invested in Landry Shamit and, and want to see the best for him. And obviously he can provide a lot when it comes to spacing the floor and being able to shoot the three ball. But um, when it comes to defense, he is absolutely horrible. But I guess that doesn't really matter for, for the Nets. So um, when it comes to uh, their biggest rivals, the Lakers, they obviously also made a move. They signed Andre Drummond uh on a nice little i think they're paying him like 870k he was the the Cavs bought him out he signed with the lakers it was between the lakers the celtics and the knicks he ended up going to la and uh when you look at that matchup which is everyone's predicted nba finals matchup kd versus lebron again Kyrie versus lebron ad back uh, back in the finals lakers trying to repeat Nets trying to get that chip uh when you match those teams up roster for roster I do think the Nets have a more stacked roster. I I think it's going to be a, an incredible series. Um, 
especially with Andre Drummond, I think he's going to provide, uh, he's going to give the Nets some trouble when it comes to just pure size and being able to rebound. Like he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, probably the best rebounder in recent NBA history of our generation, at least. And so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in that series. I'm super excited for that. Uh, and yeah, that that's kind of what we have to say about LaMarcus Aldridge. He's going to bring a lot to the Nets, and I'm excited to see when he, he, he debuts for the Nets, which I think will be later this week. But uh, yeah, he, he wanted to get some practices in, and Steve Nash said that uh, he'll, he'll probably debut in the next week or so. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Hoopball Nets podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Please make sure to subscribe to the Hoop on Nets podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, and Spotify. Download the episode. You can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets uh, and leave that five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts because all of them will get read on the pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore. Hunter on Twitter is at Hunter underscore JKR. And before we dip, let me give you a letter. Let me go L. L, L, L. I don't know why the first player who popped into my head was Larry Sanders. Mine's just Lonzo so, Ball or LaMelo. Yeah, I should have thought of one of them, but it was Larry Sanders. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Uh, yeah, so that he said Larry Sanders. I got Lonzo and Dormello. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you guys next time. Later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.